Shalom Alechem, Erev Tov. We are continuing in the writings of Chacham of Yosef about Hillel HaZaken. On page Membet, which is seven in your PDF, in the left column, Shanu Rabotenu, our rabbis taught us, Maseh Benochi Echad. There is a story with one non-Jewish man. Shebalif Neshamayim. And he came before Shammai. Amar lo, he asks Shammai, Kama Torot yesh lachem? How many Torot do you have? When a Jewish person is asked how many Torot they have, this should be the answer. Amar lo, Shetayim, we have two Torot. Torah shebikhtav, v'Torah shebaalpeh. We have a written Torah and an oral Torah. A written law and an oral law. Amar lo, he tells him, I believe you that the written Torah is true. But I don't believe in the oral law. Convert me on condition that you only teach me the written Torah. Garbo. Shammai got upset with him, and he forced him out of the building. Hillel comes in front of Hillel. He converted him. Hillel tells him, Aleph, Bet, Gimel, Dalet. Go home. Study these four letters. Study the four letters. Aleph, Bed, Gimel, Dalet. And then come back to me tomorrow and show me how well you know your Aleph, Bet. Lemachar, the next day, Hafachlo. He confused him. He switched it up. Al Aleph, Amarlo, Shu Bet, Val Bet, Shu Aleph. He told him the Bet is the Aleph, the Aleph is the Bet, the Gimel is the Dalet, the Dalet is the Gimel. Amarlo, Bet tells him, Haray Timolo, Amarta, Likach. But yesterday, Yesterday you told me this is Aleph and this is Bet. And now you're telling me this is Bet and this is Aleph. What, you're relying on me all of a sudden? Just like you trust me about the Aleph Bet, trust me also about the Torah Shebaal Peh. We have a way in which we read the Torah. This way was taught to us by our Chachamim. What makes you believe, Chachamim, that this is an Aleph and this is a Bet? But when they tell you, not to cook a goat in its mother's milk, what stops you from accepting that their understanding of the Torah is the truth? Why do you accept when Chachamim tell you, hey, Vav, Zayin, Chet, those are the right letters? But when Chachamim tell you, that there's tefillin that have to go above your forehead, above your eyes and your forehead, why don't you believe Chachamim then? He says, Hillel, just like you trust me for the other bit, trust me also about the Torah Shebaal Peh. So story number one, a person comes to Shammai, says, convert me on condition you only teach me the written law. Shammai is a good betadin. He throws him out. Hillel says, great idea, let's convert you. He converts him to Judaism, and then the next day he gives him this lesson. When this man converted to Judaism, did he believe in the oral Torah? No. No. 
Thank you, Rafael Goyen. No. Ah, how did Hillel do a giyur for him? Because the chief rabbinate wasn't looking over his shoulder. That's why. He didn't have to worry about this rabbinic acronym organization and that acronym organization. He just did what the deen told him to do. Second, shuv ma'aseh ben There's a second story about another non-Jewish man. Shabbat ifnei Shammai, and he comes before Shammai. Amar lo, he tells him, Convert me so that on condition that you teach me the whole Torah when I am standing on one foot. Meaning I'm going to stand here on one foot. That's how much time I'm going to give you to teach me the whole Torah. I was once in a better Knesset. I said, Rabbi, you have a derasha. You have between 60 seconds to 90 seconds to say a derasha. 60 seconds to 90. What's going to happen to you guys? All of the batlanim, they sit around 17 minutes. I have to hear you, Misha Berach, your best friend, and your wife, and your wife's uncle, and your wife's brother, and your dog, and your cat. And all of a sudden comes derasha. Oh, you only have 60 seconds. What kind of chutzpah comes to Shammai? He says, teach me the whole Torah on one foot. Hillel takes this, maybe it's a broomstick, and he forces him out of the front door. Get out of here. He comes before Hillel. He converts him to Judaism. Amarlo, he tells him, you should love your fellow like yourself. And that which you hate being done to you, do not do to other people. This is the entire Torah. Chacham Yosef explains in parentheses, Your friend, your fellow, it includes the creator of the universe. Because HaKadosh Baruch is referred to as a friend, and therefore you have to fulfill all of the wishes of HaKadosh Baruch as if he was your friend, and that's the whole Torah. And everything else you know is a commentary on Go and learn. So how much Torah did Hillel teach this man when he agreed to convert to Judaism? How many months did he study with the sponsoring rabbi before he was in the Geir? Two seconds. Ten, let's give him ten seconds. Ten seconds? That's what he learned. That was his curriculum. Everything else, it's a commentary on that. Go and learn Torah. Shuv ma'aseh b'nochi echad. There's a story in yet another game. Shaya over achoy betakneset. He was walking by in the betakneset. Veshama koloshel melamed tinokot. And he heard one of the rabbis that was teaching the children. Omer, ve'ele ha'begadim asher yasu. He started listing all of the special clothing the Kohen Gadol gets to wear. 
חושן ואפוד. אמר, this man said, הללו למי? Who gets to wear such expensive clothing? Such fancy clothing, a breastplate and a special hat and a tunic. Who? אמרו לו, לכהן גדול. The כהן גדול, the high priest in the Bed of Mikdash, he wears his clothing. אמר אותו נוחי בעצמו, this non-Jewish man said to himself, אלך, I will go with Geyer and I will convert. בשביל שישימוני כהן גדול, so that they can appoint me to be the כהן גדול, and I can wear all of this fancy clothing. It's a good enough reason to convert because of clothing? Do you think somebody is willing to change their whole life because of clothing? I had to go to the store today. Do you know how emotional people are about their clothing? Do you know how much they care about their clothing? How much money they're willing to spend on clothing? Of course a person would say, I'll be Jewish if I could wear this fancy clothing. So he comes before Shammai. Amar lo, he tells him, Geirani, convert me. Al menat shetasimeni kohen gadol. And then appoint me to be the kohen gadol. So convert me on condition that you're going to make me the kohen gadol. Dachafo ba'amat abinyan shabiyado. Hillel takes the broomstick again, chases him out. Balifne Hillel, he comes to Hillel and says, Hillel, convert me on condition you're going to make me the Kohen Gadol. He converts him. Amarlo. Hillel tells him, Kelum, Mahmidi Melech, Elamishi Odat, Achsisem Alchut. Can I appoint someone to be the king if he doesn't know all the rules of being a king? Lech Lemat Achsisem Alchut. Go learn the laws of being a king. Meaning, How can I make you the Kohen Gadol if you don't know everything that the Kohen Gadol needs to know? Go for study, then I'll make you the Kohen Gadol. Halach v'kara. He went and he learned. What did he learn? Kara. The word says kara. What does kara mean? Which book did he learn? No. What is kara? Torah, the Torah, what you call the Chumash. The Torah is when he went to learn. Kivan Shigia, once you reach page 8 in your PDF, Mem Gimel and Chamud Yosef's writing, Levehazar HaKarev Yumat, that the foreigner who comes close and serves HaKadosh Baruch Hu as a Kohen will die. Amar lo, Mikra Zeh Al Minema, who is this Pasuk referring to? That a foreigner who comes to serve as a Kohen Gadol, he'll be put to death. Amar lo, Hillel tells him, Afilu al David, Melech Yisrael. Even if David, the king of Israel, decides he wants to be the Kohen Gadol, and he's going to come to the Bet Mikdash, and he offers an offering in the place of the Kohen Gadol, Yumat, he's put to death. Nasa oto ger kal v'chomer b'atzmo. This ger did a kal v'chomer, one of the 13 ways in which the Torah is learned. ומה ישראל שנקראו בנים למקום ומתוך אהבה שאהבם קרא להם בני בכור ישראל? Just like if by the children that are הקדוש ברוך הוא's children and he calls them my firstborn Israel נאמר עליהם ועזר הקרב יומת the stranger, the foreigner who comes near will be executed. גר הקל 
I, this light convert who came with my stick and my staff and my clothing, how much more so if David Melech Israel will be killed? Then he's Jew, and how much more so I would be killed? He came to Shammai. Amarlo, he tells him, You chased me away, but I wasn't even worthy of being a Kohen Gadol. It says in the Torah, Shammai, you could have just told me I couldn't be a Kohen Gadol. Why'd you chase me out? Balifne Hillel, he comes to Hillel, Amarlo, he tells Hillel, Anvatan Hillel, O humble one Hillel, Yanuchu Lucha Berachot Al Roshecha. May you have many blessings rested upon your head, placed upon your head. Shekiraftani Tachat Kanfea Shekhina. That you brought me close under the wings of the Shekhina. Look at what Tosafot Yivamot, Chacham Vadiyah Yosef adds over here. Tosafot and Masechet Yivamot. Ask, somebody who comes to convert for an ulterior motive, for honor, for wealth, for marriage. Ideally, we don't accept a person who comes for an ulterior motive. How did Hillel therefore convert this non-Jewish man who did it only to become the Kohen Gadon? Mikol Makom, nonetheless, says the Tosafot, Hillel Yada, Hillel knew, Bechokhmato, with his wisdom, Shesofol Yod Ger Amiti Lashem Shamay. That this man, even though now he started for an ulterior motive, he eventually will be a Ger Lashem Shamayim, Kemoshaya Kenavasof, like you see at the end of the story. He understood that he was wrong, and he even went to Shamay to tell him, I was wrong. So here you have three stories with Hillel. Shammai seems to get angry at these crazy questions these Gerim are asking him. And Hillel is humble. Anvatan Hillel. How humble are you, Hillel? That because of your humility and your patience with me, I am today a Jewish person under the wings of the Shekhinah. The Amim, let me pause you here for a moment. We at Shiviti have our own bedin for Giyu. And there are times where we deliberate heavily whether to accept a person to the bedin or not, to the program or not. There are different reasons why yes to accept, why not to accept. You are always juggling things. If I accept a person, but they're not really fitting for this, I'm setting them up for failure. If I don't accept a person, I know that where they're going to go is worse. They'll end up somewhere where the giyu is not a proper giyu. Or they won't even bother being midgayer at all. And I caused some kind of assimilation because I was too strict. Or at the end of a process, you see a person, you see they learned, you see they mean well, but you see it's not perfect. Do you finish? Do you not finish? How long do you drag somebody on? How long do you stretch a person? They have a life, they want to get married, they want to have children. How long can you just wait and wait and wait? It's a very unique halakha in the Shulchan Aruch. All the laws of Giyu. And the Beit Yosef Maran writes one sentence. It's a unique sentence. Do you know the one halakha 
the bottom line that Maran rules halakha in Giyu, there's one simple rule to decide who you convert and who you don't convert. Anyone know what that rule is? It's one halakha. Very good. That's what my father told you now. Everything is based on the perception or the perspective of the Dayan. If the Dayan feels that this person really give them time, I'm certain that if they stay on this track and they learn with us, they stay with us, eventually they'll be the Yeresh we want them to be, you can be Megayalim. And if not, if it doesn't sit well, the Dayan feels, I cannot take responsibility for this. So he's not Gayan. He doesn't convert the person. That's all. This halakha is extremely subjective. There is no objective measuring stick here. Of course, a belief in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Shmiran Mitzvot, of course, I'm not telling you not. But the bottom line of what makes the decision, that's a personal decision. The Beit Adin has to deliberate these things together. How many times did it come a time at the end that we're not sure? The Betadina of us, we go through each other, we talk, and we, this one, yes, this one ready, not ready. We should cover the Rosh. We know that if we wait too long, you could lose a person. And then what do we gain from that? You rush someone too much, you set them up for failure. What do we gain from that? To know how to deliberate properly, Hilel Azaken saw three people. He saw that Shammai believed that these people that they were converting for the wrong reasons. Was Shammai wrong? Were, they, were these people flawed in their request? Was Shammai wrong? Yes no. or no? Yes. No. No. Yes or no? Yes. No. no. Yes, he was right that day. Okay, let's, let me hear from those who say yes. Why yes? Why was he wrong? Yes, he was right that they were converting for the wrong reasons, but yes, he was wrong because he didn't see beyond just the surface where Hillel was able to see deeper into the person to see that they had potential. Okay, those, those who said no, who said no? Tell me. Uh, I say because, because he can't convert someone for, for, uh, for the wrong reason. Does Shammai have the right? Does Shammai have the right not to convert someone to Judaism? Does Shammai have the right not to convert someone? Yes. Of course. Yes. Of course. Does Hillel have the right to convert someone that Shammai would have not converted? Yes. Yes, this is a call, the Firaot, and a Dayan. The Dayan is the one who makes the final call here. And what do you see? You don't see that Hillel begins besmirching the name of Shammai, look at him, he's a fanatic, da -da. You also don't find that Shammai protests against Hillel. Oh, Hillel is too lenient, he converts everybody, what is this, a conversion factory? You don't hear this conversation happening. This is a very subjective area of halakha. Liamim. It was months or years later, later on in history. 
the three of them found themselves in one place. Maybe they all stayed in a hotel somewhere. Maybe they were all at a wedding somewhere. Whatever it was, they were all in the same place at the same time. Amru and these three gerim said, Kabdanuto shel shamay. The strictness of shamay. I have a hard time reading. I don't want to say anything bad about shamay. Kabdanuto shel shamay bikshah letordeni min haolam. The strictness of Shammai tried to keep us out of this world, remove us from this world. What does it mean, Minhaula? Olam Abba. Minastam. And Vatanuto Shel Hilel Kiravtanu Tachat Kanfashekhina. And the humility of Hilel is what brought us under the wings of the Shekhina. And therefore the Chachamim say, a person should always be humble like Hilel. And he should not be strict like Shammai. Particular, overly particular. You know, there's so much to be said about the sugya. There's a lot to be said about these stories in a shiur if we were giving on the laws of conversion. What do they mean? What are the practical ramifications of this story here? There's a song, many Sefaradim say, many Hasidim say it on Shabbat morning. You might know what I'm talking about. There's a sentence there. It's that Kadosh Baruch make me like Hillel and not like Shammai. And I, for years, for years, I refused to sing the song. I don't want to say, make me like Hillel. But the Gemara says that that's what you should do. A person should always be like Hillel and not like Shammai. But it doesn't say they shouldn't be like Shammai. They should be humble like Hillel and not strict like Shammai. Meaning, not everything you can't be like Shammai, just this area you shouldn't be like Shammai. So I was once visiting a dear friend of mine, Rabbi Yaakov Yosef Hager. Rabbi Yaakov Yosef Hager lived in Williamsburg, New York. His grandfather on his father's side is the Vizhnitzer Rebbe. That's why his last name is Hager. Actually, today his father already is the Vizhnitzer Rebbe. On his mother's side, his grandfather is the Kalev Rebbe, should live and be well, in Williamsburg, which I'm very close to, and that's how I got to Norbi Yaakov Yosef. I was sitting in his house, and he told me that his father showed him an old nosach of the song that says, Hashem, let me be ki Hillel Let me be like Hillel and Shammai. Let me be like the good of both of those Chachamim. And so whenever I'm with people, and they say, I don't care if it's the real nosach or not. When they sing the song, I always tell them they should say it like Hillel and Shammai. These laws of Giyu are not the black and white halachot like you think they are. For a long time it's been inside of me to put out a Yehi Shalom in the laws of Giyu. The reason? You might think it's not a book that is relevant to every human being, but it is. Just like we managed with the first Yehi Shalom to show people that the laws of Kashrut are not what they tell you they are. The Shulchan Aruch has a whole different world of Kashrut. And people who read the book, and people who are involved in learning with us, and they're part of our forums, they learn we've changed the way, in so many people's eyes, the way Kashrut works. I believe that if we put out a Yehi Shalom on Giyu, we would change the way the system treats Gerim. We would change the way Gerim feel about themselves. We would change the way the Jewish community treats or mistreats Gerim. If we will show the real, the real halachic conversations surrounding Giyu, There's two choices that Dayan can make. 
Do I want to be the reason why a person loses their olam haba? Or do I want to be a, the reason why this person is under the wings of the Shekhinah? Do you know what it's like to hold a baby at a Brit Milah? That this baby is Jewish, is part of Am Yisrael because you were able to bring them to be part of Am Yisrael. To be at a Bad Mitzvah of a child who is Jewish because you welcomed them into Am Yisrael. Why would anybody want to be on the other side of that story? Why would you want to be the person with, oh look, because of me, that man ended up marrying her anyways and all of their kids aren't Jews anymore. Why would you want to be that person? Hilal, we pray all the time. Let us be like Hilal. Let us be like Hilal. Let us be like Hilal. A final piece of Talmud before we call it a night. Tanura Banana Rabbi teaches. Shemonim Talmidim Hayul Oli Hilal Hazaken. Hilal the elder had 80 students. Please don't play with that. Shiloshim Mihem, 30 of his 80 students. Thirty of his students were so pious that they were worthy of having the Shekhinah rest on them as if they were Moshe Rabbeinu. Thirty of them Thirty of them should have been able to hold up the sun in the sky like Yehoshua Benun did. Benoniim. Twenty of those students were just Benoniim. They were average. What does it mean average? Hagadon Shibikulam, the greatest of all of the of those average. Or the greatest of all of his students, I don't know, we have to look. Yonatan ben Uziel. Who was Yonatan ben Uziel? The to the Torah. He translated the Torah for us into Aramaic. And the smallest of all the students, Rabban Yochanan ben Zakai. Rabban Yochanan ben Zakai was the smallest of all the students of Hillel. That would be like saying, now we're reading from the Reis Chaim Yosef, that from the smallest students were Chacham of Yosef. You can imagine saying such a thing? Like that was the most average of them. You can imagine what they were like. I'm not saying anything about how yeah, it's about this. Shlohiniach Mikra Umishna Ugmara. There was nothing he didn't know. Not Mikra, the Torah, not Mishnah, not Gemara, Hadachot, Agadot, Kalin Vachamurin, the lenient parts and the strict parts, Xerot Shavot, the compar the comparisons in Halakha, Tikufot Vegematriot, all of the different numbers and Mashalot Kovsim. What are Mishalot Kufsim? Mishalot Kufsim, what are they? Khanan. What are they? Mishalot Shualim, the laundry parables, the fox parables. Sikhat Shadim. This is so not in my conversation today. But the conversations, he knew to speak with demons. Do demons exist? Fascinating sugya in its own right. The Rambam, the Meiri, the oh, oh, another day, the Mekubalim. Sichat Dekalim. He knew the conversation of trees. Sichat Malachi Asharet. He knew how to communicate with the angels. 
מעשה מרכבה, he knew the secrets of the chariot of הקדוש ברוך הוא, הוויות דבאי ורבה, all of the logic of the Talmud. ועליו נאמר, אני בעליהם מזה תנחי לו, אהבה יש, ואוצרותיהם ממלא, this is a person who knew everything. ומאחר שהקטן שבכולם כך, and if that was the smallest of the students of Hillel, הגדול שבכולם על אחת כמה וכמה, can you only imagine how great רבי יונתן בן עוזיאל was? If רבי יוחנן בן זכאי is considered the weakest of his class, and he knew all of what we just mentioned, can you imagine who was יונתן בן עוזיאל? Sometimes I hear people talk about the Chachamim, all those rabbis in the Talmud, you know who you were talking about? Do you know which rabbis? You're not talking about rabbis like me, or rabbis like the guys you know in the street. Rabbis, the Chachamim, the people who gave us the Mishnah and the Talmud. Amwal Yonatan ben Uziel, they say about Rabbi Yonatan ben Uziel, Shibishah Shaya Yosef Osek Batora, that when he would sit and learn Torah, Kol Of Shaya Poreach Alav Haya Nisraf. Every bird that flew over his head would burn into ashes. What does it mean? Listen, we're reading Agadita right now, correct? So this means that every one of the things we just read, we'd have to analyze in the lens of Agadah. Upiresh Rashi, Rashi explains, That when Yonatan ben Uziel would learn Torah, the angels would descend from heaven and surround him and listen to him learning Torah. והרב עיון יעקב שם כתב שהעוף שאמרו הם השדים המזיקים המעופפים סביב החכמים. כדאמרינן הנאמני דרבנן דבלו מחוף ידידהו. דרב עיון יעקב, the commentary עיון יעקב, is worried, what did these birds do wrong? They should die because they flew over Yonatan Bezio's head. What, he's just like killing birds? Rather this off, the birds are all kinds of evil spirits that are there. that come to bother Torah scholars from learning Torah, and that's, by learning Torah, he would burn them. I told you, this is all not supposed to be read the way I'm reading it. V'nikreu of, they're called birds, okay. V'katav ha-ridba, the ridba writes, in Masech HaTzukah, b'shem ha-Yerushalmi, in the name of the Talmud Yerushalmi, im ha-talmid ken, if this is the way the students were, harav ma'u, can you imagine, just how great Hillel HaZaken was? והוסיף בשם רבנו היי גאון. And he mentions a tradition in the name of רבנו היי גאון. שרב אברהם קבאסי גאון, that one of the גאונים, רב אברהם קבאסי גאון, היה יודע בשיחת דקלים. He understood the language of the trees. שהיה מכיר בנענועי עלי האילנות ביום שאין הרוחות נושבות. That he knew how to understand, not in a windy day, in a clear day when the trees moved, he knew how to understand their movements. And he would cover the trees with sheets. And this was a brilliant wisdom. Well, you think that after I teach you all this, I'm just going to walk away and let you think about the kalim, talking to trees and talking to ghosts and all kinds of things. And Ahmad, there must be everything that you want in life. You have to look for the right answers. Look for Peshat. What is Peshat of these things? What, what does it mean? Sikhat de Kalim, talking to trees, conversation of plants. What, what does this mean? I want to bring in the... Today, yeah, sorry. Science that. today is very ridiculous. Um, there's all kinds of studies now of uh, forests, the old forests, of like old growth trees that haven't been cut. And 
you know, how trees communicate with each other in terms of chemical secretions through their roots. And I mean, this is, um, this is actually part of our common knowledge now. It's just that the rabbis were tuned in, so to speak, before there was a modern way to express them. So there, there are definitely, definitely chachamim who understand this literally, talking to trees. Understand. spoke to any language of the animals and the trees and the creatures. Is there anyone here who has a hard time accepting that that the students of Hillel communicated with trees? No. The Ramban says that Ramban said that uh, Shlomo HaMelech knew how to quote-unquote draw a line of force from plants in different parts of the world so that he could grow them in Yerushalayim. Now today we would know that uh, every plant has a specific nature and getting them to grow in different parts of the world is, again, it's a science on how to do that. So he knew the kochma of how to bring plants that normally wouldn't grow in an environment like a Mediterranean environment in Yerushalayim and have them grow there. Let's look on page page three of your PDF. Page three of your PDF, page two seventy. I want to bring you perhaps a slightly different perspective. A slightly different perspective. So look in your PDF on page three. It should take two seventy at the top. I'm at the bottom two paragraphs. Al chokhmato, about the wisdom of Hilin. Our rabbis teach us in Masechet Zofrim. Amru alav al Hilel. Our rabbis taught us about Hilel. Shelo azav divrei chokma shelo lamda. There was no wisdom on earth that Hilel didn't study. Meaning, Hilel studied all the wisdom. Afilu kol haleshonot. Hilel was familiar with all of the languages. Afilu sichat harim ugvaot uvkaot. Hillel knew the conversations of the mountains, the valleys, the hills. Sichat etzim v'asavim. He knew all of the conversations of the trees and the plants. Sichat chayot behemot. He knew the conversations of the domesticated and wild animals. Ve'ofot. He knew also the conversation, the language of the birds. Sichat shedim, the spirits. Umeshalot, hakol amad, all of these things he learned. Vekolkach lama, why? Mishum Adonai chavet zeman tzidko yagdit Torah v'yadir. Upirush, Rabbi Yosef Masas wants to offer us an explanation that is according to Pshat. Can I give you a Pshat here? Something maybe a little more tangible, palatable. Because I'm surprised that none of you find it strange that somebody could communicate with the tree. What does it mean to speak with the tree, the mountains, or the valleys, or the hills? It seems quite simple to me, Rabbi Yosef Masa says, that this is said in the way of Melitza. It doesn't actually mean literally that he spoke with the mountains or the valleys. But he knew the temperament, the, the environment of every location. Which people who have which illnesses should live in the mountains, 
which should live in the valleys, which need clean air by the ocean, which need drier climates in the desert. He was familiar with understanding the environment. That's what it means he knew the conversation of the trees and the valleys and the mountains. Sev, I see you nodding at me. Pure Chinese medicine. Very good. I knew, I knew this would resonate with you. And he knew by tell, touching the dirt in every place, what should grow in that place? This soil is good for grass. Or this is good for certain shrubs. This soil is good enough for fruit trees. He was familiar with all the different types of soil. He knew all of the magnetic fields, the metals, the everything that was there, he understood it. V'chen sichat, on the top of page 271, page 4 in your PDF. And also the trees and the plants, what does it mean? He means to tell you, He knew every tree, every herb, which one of them is poisonous? Which one of them has healing qualities? Which one heals which illness? He knew the reason why every fruit and every, every plant has a certain color. Why does it have this pigmentation? Why, why that coloring? Why certain things are sweet and certain things are bitter and certain things are sour? He knew the reason why some things are long and some are short and some are round and some comes in pair of three and some grow on their own. Why some things smell other ways and why they look the other way. He understood the difference between all the different types of flowers in the world and the colors and the shapes and the patterns and the, the way they grow and why they grow. He understood the world around him. And I'm skipping a paragraph. And also this conversation, he could communicate with animals and, and livestock and chickens and birds. He understood their reproductive cycle. When they get pregnant, what, when their cycle is the best to conceive, how they, they mate with each other, where where the best place is to, to raise them, and the different voices the animals make, and the sounds that they make, and how, how loud they are, and how much energy each animal has. He knew exactly when the right time to feed an animal was, and to give the animal to drink, and when to rest and how to heal their illnesses, all of the veterinary sciences. I have pets at home. Do you know there are birds, they become aggressive, they don't sleep at the right time. They don't have enough darkness when they sleep. The food that you're serving them doesn't have enough nutrients in them, so they become worked up and agitated. And he knew each one of their limbs which are good, which have healing qualities, what they serve, which purposes they serve for human beings. And what I've had to summarize for you what Rabbi Yosef Masas is telling you, is that this connection that we talk about Hillel, that he knew all this, what the Spirit spoke, and the animals and the mountains, Hillel did something that no yeshiva student you know does. 
Hillel made sure that part of his understanding of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and his world is exactly that which the Rambam wrote. That you know the creator of the universe through his universe. Hillel Azaken was familiar with all of the sciences, with all of the medicines, even the veterinary sciences, the animals, the plants, the fauna, the flora, everything he knew. Could you imagine creating Talmidei Chamim like Hillel? They were able to communicate. What does communicate? They look at earth and they, they hear what this earth needs. This earth is ready to grow an apple tree. And this one is only good for cactuses, which gives sabers fruits. And this earth is only for grass, so you can lay on it in the shade of a palm tree. These are wisdoms that Hillel Azaken saw as a value he should know. You see, when you learn a Talmud, and you learn a Talmud, oh, he spoke with trees and with angels and demons burning on his head, then there's no message you walk away with that says, oh, in my educational system, I have to change something. But when you look at this and you say, wow, Rabbi Yosef Masas is telling you that Hillel Azaken and his students spent as much time as they could in order to learn Torah and to understand the science, the world around them. Why did the Gemara say? Mishum Adonai Chafetz Leman Tzitko Yagdil Because that is how you glorify the name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and His Torah in the world. Our Torah has what to say on all of the plants and all of the animals and the soils and the mountains and the climates. Eretz Yisrael, the choicest of all of the countries in the world. In Eretz Yisrael, in one small country, you have desert and you have mountains. You have snow, you have beaches. You have vineyards, land that is meant to grow wine in it, and land that is meant to grow nothing on it. You have olive trees and you have orange trees. You have places where there's humid and places where it's dry, places where it's cold and places where it's hot. All of these things can be found in our homeland. How do we expect to be the nation the world looks at us and says, Am chacham v'navon ha'goy ha'gadol hazeh. Look at what a brilliant, wondrous nation these people are. If we don't know these things, if our yeshivot don't teach these things, if our schools don't expect our students to know these things, are we somehow more religious than Hillel HaZakeh? More, more than Yonatan ben Uziel? More than Rabban Yochanan ben Zakai, who saved the whole Am Yisrael? We're dealing with a world that is illiterate in its own Torah. It's illiterate, has no familiarity with its own sources. And on that note, I want to read to you just one last section from the encyclopedia. If you look in your PDF, it should be somewhere on the last page. It should be page 14 of the PDF, and it should say 251 at the top of the page. Lefia Masoret, according to Jewish tradition, the second paragraph in the right column. The, the uh, length of Hillel's life was as long as that of Moshe Rabbeinu. 120 years. Hillel was our Moshe Rabbeinu. Of course, not Moshe Rabbeinu. But there were similarities here. Alami Bavel ben Arbaim Shana. He went up from Bavel to Israel at the age of 40. 
ושימש חכמים 40 שנה, and he spent another 40 years serving the Torah scholars. הוא פרנס את ישראל 40 שנה, and he sustained the Jewish people for 40 years. 40, 40, 40, 120. The Bet Midrash that he instituted, that founded, to learn Torah was named after him, Bet Hillel, the home of Hillel. That's in comparison to the Bet Midrash of Shammai, which is called Bet Shammai. So it's Bet Hillel, Bet Shammai. Those are the houses of study of Hillel and Shammai. We find around 300 machlokot, arguments, disputes in halakha between Shammai and Hillel. Hadanim kimat b'chol inei halakha v'achayim, which cover, span almost all of the areas of halakha in life. B'dechal megalim bet Hillel netiyah l'akel, usually we find that bet Hillel is more lenient. Ulumat bet Shammai hanotim l'achemir, and bet Shammai is very often more stringent. There are some cases, though, always there are exceptions. Because if you knew that Hillel is always lenient and Shammai is always strict, then you, they wouldn't be honest people of truth. That they are exceptions to the rule. Where sometimes Bet Hillel is strict and Bet Shammai is lenient. The character traits of Hillel of his humility, of his patience, were also found among his students. They were also humble and preferred to be uh, uh, humiliated instead of humiliating others. They would always teach both their teachings and the teachings of Bet Shammai. And not only did they always teach both opinions, they would always say out of respect the opinion of Bet Shammai before their own opinion. And because of that, our rabbis and Talmud tell us that they merited the halakha should always follow them because of their humility. When I first came to San Diego, I would teach halakhot. Sephardim do this, Ashkenazim do that. Sephardim do this, Ashkenazim do that. My motivation? I grew up in a San Diego which had no Sephardim. What do you mean no Sephardim? It was full of Sephardim. But no rabbi ever cared enough about those Sephardim to teach them about their tradition. So I made it my goal when I came back here that every time I would teach Torah, no more would there be a child who's sitting there in the room and they know that the rabbi knows nothing about their tradition. I want to teach you both. I'm here to, of course I have a bias. I'm a Sephardi. I follow the rulings of Marana Shulchan Aruch. Of course, that doesn't mean I cannot tell you what the Ramah says or the Mishnah Bilwah says or whoever else says. People interpreted this, oh, he's always trying to be so divisive to separate Sephardim and Ashkenazim. Anyone who learns with me for more than five minutes knows how much it pains me that there's separation in Kaisal at all, let alone between Sephardim and Ashkenazim. But these students of Hillel, they made a point. Every time they said something, Shammai says this, but he does that. Shammai always says Shammai first. Gam bedorot abayim, ra'ut hilel, ki echad mamiyasdei ha-Torah gedolim, top left of page 252. In the generations afterwards, they still recognized the contribution. They felt the effects of hilel's contribution to the Torah world. Resh Lakish, the famous head of the bandits who becomes a Baal Tishuva and a Chacham, says, who lived 250 years after Hillel. 
he compares Hillel with Ezra the scribe. Resh Lakish said in the beginning, when the Jewish people forgot the Torah, Ezra came and taught us the Torah again. When Hillel passed away, they said about him, Hoy Chasid, Hoy Anav, Talmidoshel Ezra. Whoa, what a pious man. Whoa, what a humble man. Woe to the man who was a student of Ezra. Hillel. Hillel gave us back the Torah that we lost. Hillel stood up for the Jewish people. When we mentioned him as a link in the chain of oral transmission, it was Hillel who set the flavor forward. He's the reason why we're still here. We are all in some way students of Hillel Hazakeh. Bezalat Hashem next week. I look forward to discussing Shammai. Who was Shammai? A little more about the conflict between Hillel and Shammai the yeshivot of Hila and Shammai. What was Shammai's role in this whole story? And perhaps to discuss a little more that this war between Hila and Shammai, a war of friendship, but a war nonetheless, two opposite stances to the world, still exist very much in every Jewish generation and very much today in our Jewish generation. There are forces of Hilal and forces of Shammai, and we have to figure out what exactly we do. But until then, I'm going to wish you all a good night. Thank you so much for learning with me.